Hello and welcome to another episode of Pro AV Now. I'm your host, Evan Bentley, and today we have a really special podcast for you. Uh, we have Brent Stevens, the National Sales Manager for Dactronics uh, for the Professional Sports Division, and he is here to tell us about the newly installed 360-degree LED video wall at the Atlanta Falcons Stadium. Brent, thank you so much for joining us. Really excited about this topic. There's been a lot of buzz in the news and sports uh, across many spectrums. Thank you so much for coming in and talking about the process for how this came to be. Thanks for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, of course. You know, and um, there was a lot of buzz going into the NFL season uh, about this project. And now that the Falcons have played a few games and it's been on national TV, people have been able to see it with their own eyes, whether in person at Mercedes-Benz Stadium um, and as well as, of course, the national broadcast. So uh, we're also going to be talking not just about the 360 degree paneled LED wall, which is which is very innovative, but there's several other pieces as well uh, with a massive column and, and feathering. So we'll get into that. But let's let's start by talking about the concept and, and how this all came about. Obviously, Dactronics uh, has a history and a reputation in many industries, sports, entertainment being uh, two of them. You've installed LED video displays across all the major, major sports internationally for known clubs, uh, even as large as Real Madrid. Uh, so having installed 21 of the 31 super systems in NFL stadiums, it was probably pretty natural for you to be involved in this project as well. Uh, but we do know that this one was very unique. It involved a lot of different uh, moving parts, different parties involved, uh, really high expectations. So how did this come about in the beginning stages? What were the very beginning pieces? Uh, fortunately, Dactronics uh, has had the opportunity to be in the sports business for what we'd be going on next year, our 50th year in, in the industry. And through that time, you know, working with all the different sports architects and the designers and the construction companies, we've really been able to focus on making sure that the designs are done right and early. Um, Dactronics, when we were founded in Brookings, uh, with our close proximity to South Dakota State, you know, we really we're an engineering company. We're a, we focus on engineering. We focus on manufacturing. We do the majority of our manufacturing here in the Upper Plains of South Dakota and Minnesota. That working with those uh, architects through the years, they understand that when you want to do something like this. The structural engineer that's going to be brought in the project doesn't necessarily have the expertise up front on how to do these specialized kind of systems. And then when you take an idea and a concept like HOK had with Arthur and the Falcons, it really takes it to the next level. So early on, if you've seen the stadium, I'm sure most of you have seen drawings or renderings or videos, and they have this amazing roof feature that opens and closes, it's the shutter of a camera. But w when you look at all of that and the movement of that, and then trying to incorporate into the roof a design of what, what our understanding started out more as a architectural element and not necessarily the main video displays, it, it really helped um, to have our engineers get involved, get on board with the architects and really dive in to help not only design the structure that's going to hold the display, but how does that tie into the roof with the roof moving and all of the deflection that comes in with the steel? Uh, it, it really called for the expertise. We have over 500 degree engineers on staff, and there was a majority of them that got involved in this project at some time or another. 
Yeah, that was going to be my next question is the the dynamic with not only the Atlanta Falcons, but of course with HOK, uh, a well-known architecture firm out of Kansas City. Um, I was curious, is there always the concept from HOK of the 360 degree video screen uh, or when did this start to materialize? It sounds like HOK uh, had the idea and they needed to find the right partner to help them execute and carry it out, which is where Dactronics came in. So how did that start to materialize? And then from there, what was the expectation of the team as they approached the design process with you, the team being the Atlanta Falcons? Um, what was it like creating a fan experience that would be uh, unlike any other out there? How did it all tie together in what the team's expectations were and what HOK was asking their partner in LED to perform for them? Uh, it, you know, when I, I stated earlier, our understanding of this project, when it when it first was drawn on the napkin, which most architectural sketches seem to come that way, is it, it was really a not necessarily meant to be the main video displays of the building. But I think a, a question or the story that we have been told was a question was asked at one point of, you know, why can't it? Um, you know, why can't we take this massive structure on top that they were going to fill with LED anyway and actually just put more LEDs in it, tighten up the resolution and turn it into the main video display? So the, the structure behind it, the design behind it was, was the intent was always there. But I think the actual the use of the, the display over the, the course of the design of the stadium changed from going to you know, let's let's make this an iconic piece. Let's really push the envelope and, and can we do it as the main video display? So those are a lot of questions that we had to answer up front uh, and working with HOK to come through that and do that. That, you know, so now it was, all right, let's take this. But when you go from an architectural lighting element to a full-blown HD video display, there's a lot more that has to go into it when you look at processing. A lot more pixels are going to go into it. Viewing angles become a lot more important. So we really had to sit down with them, re refine the process, and and put together not only the structural element, but using our creative services group. And you know, is this something that we can do on a content aspect? Um, you know, before they got their team involved, we had to make sure that it was something that could actually be done. So as we went through that process. Um, you know, the expectation was, okay, we're going to do this, and no, it's never been done before, and we really want to blow these fans away. But when you when you take a, as as I stated, we're a manufacturing uh, company. So how do you make this unique oval seamless display out of 14 by 14 inch square modules that don't bend, they don't flex at all? So we actually had to sit down with our engineering staff and we came up with over 1800 custom curved sections that all the modules will sit in and we had to make every single one of them was custom because the display isn't a true circle it, it really is an oval and it matches um, somewhat of the flow of the, the football field in itself so between that and not, not only, as you had talked about, the halo display, but there was a lot of other things that really came into driving that fan experience with, you had mentioned the mega column uh, on the window to the city. There's the feather wall display that's a real high resolution display right inside the main entrance. And how do you tie all of those together 
with the show, if you would, to entertain the fans. That's, that's what right. the what we foresee in 2018 and, and what's been the tail end of 2017 is just immersion, full immersion and really helping the experience. So how do you all tie it together? You, you take, um, you know, with the fan experience, sight lines are always important when you go into a stadium. So we used our ProRail technology on the fascia. We used our HD 15 technology between the mega column and the video display. You've got the four millimeter technology in the feather wall. And it's it really comes together on, on working with their team and how are you going to produce the content. And, you know, if you look at the display itself, it doesn't come to life until you really pump content to it. And when you've got a multi-sport facility, um, multi-use facility, really, with uh, the stadium, and you've got to deal with a Falcons game, you've got to deal with a Atlanta United game. They had the Garth Brooks concert there a few weeks ago, and he used the, the Halo display for the concert. It, it really comes down to the control system and making sure that the content is appropriate, it's synced with all of the displays, and that really is what drives that excitement when you're in the stadium and, and the you know, the Falcons score a touchdown and all the displays go off at the same time. It, it really comes from the control system and the content that's really going to do that. No, you mentioned that there's just so many different pieces that had to be custom made. I can imagine um, if one of those happens to go out or uh, the best punt of all time happens to knock one out, that would be probably not an issue. There's probably backup pieces, right, for that one tiny piece that has its own curve. Correct. You guys could come in there and fix it. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. So when you when you look at a manufacturing of a display like this, obviously you, you've got to keep costs down. So we can't we can't manufacture. You know, the, the display itself is over 1080 pixels tall. It's over 21,000 pixels long. If you were to spread the display out, um, you can't make a, a, a 14 by 14 inch module custom. So what we did is we actually made the cabinet that attached to the structural steel, every one of those cabinets is custom. And then we used our standard module to go in that cabinet. So we, we had to look at it as a as the efficiency on the manufacturing side to make this custom display that is truly a one-off. I mean, the design that we have here, we will never ever use again because one, it's a pretty massive display. It's the largest in the world. Is anybody else gonna do it? And even if they did, it's not going to be exactly the same. So we, we really had to take a look at the efficiencies in the manufacturing process on how we were going to do that. So you're right. If a, if a kit goes up, if something happens um, and a module were to fall out, there are safety precautions behind it. They're all tethered together. Um, so it's not going to fall to the ground. But, yeah, it's it's as standard as it can be, but completely custom. And that was – I was going to ask, um, you know, just, just what had to be created pretty much – out of concept for this to happen. You know, I was happy we we're talking specs and kind of diving deep into what composes this. Um, what other hurdles did you run into in this process besides custom building each cabinet? Uh, and and what about on the fly as you're installing? Did we run into anything that, that was a the hurdle and, and how'd you get past it? Um, there were several things that, that we came across um, in the process. And it, it's always when you get into a stadium situation like this, it's you know, what can you do to make it more efficient? What can you do when the schedule keeps pushing you back and you don't have access um, in the timelines that you thought you would? And now your, your, your installation schedule is getting condensed and what may have been at one time and not specific to this job, but it happens a lot. You know, we're given six months up front that, hey, this is your window. This is when you have to install it. 
and then it rains and then this happens and now it's like, okay, well the opening kickoff hasn't changed, but you now have three months to do this installation. So you know, we're always looking at ways to be efficient in that process, but really specifically to this job, you know, the, the things, the challenges that we had was once we, the, the initial stadium design was done and there's a limited amount of power that is up in that halo. Well, the display they decided to go with in the end was actually, as it was designed, was going to be over the power requirement that was there. So our engineers went back and we actually redesigned the entire electrical layout of the display itself. Um, not only did it make the installation easier, but it actually saved about $900,000 in electrical equipment, switch gear, um, things like that by changing the voltage that we could take that we were able to eliminate the weight of that gear, the expense of that gear, and take the power as it was coming into the halo direct into the display. So we didn't have to do any step downs. So the installation piece uh, on the electrical side was was a little bit easier. Wow, and, and clearly as many issues as there were, if any, I mean, small issues that come with being such an innovative product, you're, you're going to have issues just in, in making the concept work, but clearly you went above and beyond in making it happen. I mean, the display is absolutely amazing. And um, you kind of touched on a few things earlier that I'd like to go back to. Uh, and the 360 display obviously dominates conversation, uh, but you introduced the mega column and the feather wall at Mercedes-Benz Stadium along with it. So by my count, there are actually 16 major LED displays in and around the stadium. Uh, can you please take us into the minds, Brent, of those creating not just an experience from one massive LED wall, dominates the senses, but also the concept of changing the fan experience with LED used in and around the stadium. And you touched on that as all screens kind of acting as once, um, being strategically placed throughout, not only just on the field to show replays, but in and around the stadium to help uh, help the overall experience. Uh, please take us through that process of, of what we're going for for a final fan feeling. Uh, well, obviously, anytime you can tell your story and you can change it, to the mood of the game or the event inside is going to be advantageous. So going away from you know a static display on a wall and going to something that's more dynamic and, and you can really push your message out to is really what they want to do. And when you look at what they did with the mega column, I mean it's just it's amazing. It's it's an auxiliary display. It wraps truly the mega column that holds the roof up, but just the sheer size of it is it's roughly the seventh largest video display in the NFL. And they're using it. Yeah, as I mean, a, I see several stories tall on TV. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it would be nice if you were that tall on the, on the field too, but it was, it was, uh, we had a good game last week, so we're going to hope he keeps going. But you know, the, the, between, between that technology and, the feather wall, which is a 68-foot-long display that starts at one end at basically nothing and is a triangle and goes to about 28 feet tall on the other end, that display ended up probably being my favorite display in the building, only because it was, it was a space in the stadium that they looked at that they were just going to put a graphic on. And in sitting down, they came to us and they said, hey, is there anything that we can do to make this a dynamic space? So. You know, and, and as an afterthought to having the stadium built and having the space, it, it turned out to be an absolutely amazing use of technology and really activates this 
this main concourse. You come in from the outside in the main entrance. You've got the mega column on your right. You've got this very tight pixel pitch feather wall on your left. You walk through this area and you get to see the, the halo display. It, it's really one, makes for one of the, the best grand entrances in sports. But then you take that and you, you add in you know, what we were we did down in the two clubs with our, our narrow pixel pitch product down there at two and a half millimeters. And, and really being able to push that, that feeling of, hey, you're, you're at the game. This is the message we're trying to get. And everywhere you go in that stadium, they're pushing that same message. It, it really gives you a special feeling when you're inside that stadium. Yeah, I think that's a phrase we're going to be hearing more and more, um, what you mentioned. And, and you did it just because it seems probably natural to you as Dectronics is uh, rapidly expanding in this, in this space. And I say space, what I'm saying, the phrase is dynamic space. And I think it's not only going to be in sports, but across all spectrums and what LED video walls uh, and, and not even walls anymore, as we're seeing columns and feathering, uh, but dynamic space. And so, you know, this LED system is unlike anything we've seen before. But speaking about dynamic space and, and what's next and, and how to take areas of business and, and just just add to the experience through dynamic space. Um, next year being a new year uh, and as thought leaders, what do you foresee on the horizon? Um, you know, what is Dactronics working on that, that foreseeably could even make us look past this amazing stadium? What is to come in 2018, in your opinion, with dynamic space? Well, I, I think that technology itself is really lending itself to the expansion of applications. And, and you had talked about it um, where you've got all of these other areas that typically you're not going to put a video display in just because. You know, when, when you look at the resolution and in, in, in the past, six millimeter was a really, really tight display. Well, we've got products out there now that are, are two and a half millimeter displays in the clubs. We've got a 1.9 millimeter display. We're coming out with a 1.2 millimeter display. And when you go back and you look at the, you know, the traditional LCD type monitors that, that came out, those were just under a millimeter. So the technology that we're using these days, we're really starting to push the the is is the led display a in our sense is it going to take over where you would normally put a traditional tv type monitor and as that technology continues to improve as the costs continue to come down in that technology i really believe that you're going to start to see a lot more of the traditional led video displays in a lot of different areas We've got some college university customers that are putting it in, in their weight rooms as giant video displays. So the guys have something to see while they're working out. But they can tie those into the stuff they've going, got going on in the, uh, in the inside the stadium. They can tie it in with their coaching video uh, control equipment. So it really expands that use. But not only there, but your traditional club spaces that used to be video walls with the, the bezels in between each one of those monitors, that's going away. We just did one in Wrigley Field for the Cubs in their in their main corporate lobby. It's a tight pixel pitch. It's dynamic. It tells the story of the team as you're in the lobby. And I think you're going to continue to see new uses for that title, tighter pixel pitch product as you as you find areas of how can we monetize this area? How can we make it more inviting? How can we continue to push the, the fans into those areas into to make it a destination? 
with the club and how do we really push to, to drive revenue within the stadium? And I think, I think there's probably not a better example for how times are changing and experiences are changing in the Chicago Cubs. Traditionally, brick Wrigley Field with Ivy, um, you know, little to no advertisements and no video board. Now they have, of course, a massive video board and installing LED throughout the facility and throughout the organization. I think that shows that tradition in itself is going to be changing as we know it. So last question, Brent. Um, Tell me this, Dactronics is a company based in Brookings, South Dakota. You're making a massive impact on technology, shaping human experience and interaction all over the world. I mentioned teams from Real Madrid to 21 of the 31 super systems in NFL stadiums at the beginning of our podcast. Uh, And then I know, of course, outside of sports, the impact Dactronics has across the world as well. So looking back on what you've done so far as a company and, and with your own personal work there, how does that resonate with you? And uh, where does Dactronics go from here? Well, you know, being a, a South Dakota kid and, and growing up here, um, being able to go back and look at the vision of our founders and what they saw in the, in the people of South Dakota when they founded the company 50 years ago to say, hey, we've got some really great people here. We want to form a company that, that allows us to go and, and really push um, what we can do here in the state. What can we do to keep our keep these kids that we teach at South Dakota State in the state, what can we create? I mean, it, it's amazing. And when you look at technology and, and what we're able to do and the, the companies that we compete with, you don't typically think of this type of product coming from a little town in South Dakota. And what, you know, one of my all-time favorite comments I ever heard was, you guys are just a bunch of farmers who make video boards. But let me tell you, you make the best video displays in the world. I mean, it's it's true. I mean, the when you when you think of the people here in South Dakota, and their work ethic, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing where where we've been able to go. But the other thing it does, you know, it it really it really focuses on, you know, what what can we do? We we have so much pride in this company. Um, I'm actually at our corporate offices today, and you, you just walk walk around and, and the, the pride that these people show. Um, it's amazing. And, and where do we go is, you know, obviously, we're very well known in the U.S. Um, North America is a great market for us. But as we continue to expand and grow overseas and worldwide, I mean, that's a, there's a huge growth opportunity for us. Um, we, we don't have the market share overseas that we do in the States. And that's, that's one thing that we're going to continue to push. And our, our, our founders made a commitment when we started that we're going to continue pushing the envelope. Um, we, we invest approximately 4% every year in R&D, and we're, we're going to continue to be on the, the, the cutting edge of what can we really do with this technology. Well, it's incredible, and myself, along with everybody else in the AV world, of course, will continue to watch Dactronics to see what exactly is next, and I'm sure it's going to be um, amazing. So we've been speaking with Brent Stevens of Dactronics. Brent, thank you uh, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Amazing conversation. Thank you so much. Um, For more on Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the amazing LED work that Dactronics has done, um, you can go to dactronics.com, and uh, there is a full story on the process from beginning to end of the installation of this amazing work. And for all things AV, a deeper dive inside AV world, 
you can go to marketscale.com and go to the AV Now publication. We want to thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you all in the next podcast.